Welcome back, everyone, to the No Love TV show, now live on YouTube, iTunes, and Spotify. It's great to be back in the studio, Garrett. I had a great Ship. weekend, traveled with my son and my seven-month-old dog, Legion, to Ohio. Went and saw the family, went and saw the business, No Love Bullies. We just dropped another litter of phenomenal puppies out there. My family, mother, sister, brother are all doing an amazing job out there. The pups are healthy, went and saw them. Uh, beautiful puppies, so uh, excited to see that. Got to go out there and train with my uncle, Stingray, so that was good, getting some good work with him um, and getting to see the family. You know, it's about to be fight camp. You know, end of the month, I go to Jersey the 26th to the 9th for my first two weeks of uh, training camp. So I started out in Jersey with Coach Henry, Frankie Edgar, Carter Almeida and the guys out there. So it's good to go and be able to you know, do business, travel, see family, and training. You know, it's yeah. consistency. Um, diet's going great. Weight's feeling good. I'm waking up at 45, so I'm getting down, you know, about 42 to 43 um, throughout my day with training. Working with Dr. Mateo has been great. Training has been awesome out here. The, the room's on fire. If you see the board out front, you know, in the ultimate fitness area, we have a jam-packed schedule of fights coming up with a lot of fighters fighting in the next, you know, two to three months. <coughs> Excuse me. Little throat tickle. Yeah, I see Chad's on there. Chad's going to be a good one. we got to get him uh, get him on the pod here pretty yeah, soon. He'll we'll be the first one. one up. He'll be the first one up. Um, we'll reach out to him. We'll have my people reach out to his people. <laughs> Bare knuckle. That's awesome. I'm excited to see him in there. I know he's been uh, itching to fight for quite some time, and I think that stylistically – his style blends so well with bare knuckle, uh, you know, grab the back of the head. He's a huge, you know, high-level collegiate athlete. Yeah. And um, just, you know, a backstory on him with his wrestling um, ability, like his snap downs are some of the most powerful snap downs that I've, oh, like, yeah. wrestled with or been in control because he's, he's so explosive. But he snaps on your head, you know. I see him, you know, snap a couple people's heads off the mat just by snapping them down just for takedowns. So I think that he's going to, you know, transition really well into the bare knuckle. So excited for that. My plans this week is just, you know, up the workload, get the body, you know, high stress, getting ready for camp, you know, so make sure we're doing everything we need to do, filling all the voids, working on things. I've been working a lot with Chris. You know, we have a lot of pro practices here that we're getting into and different situations where we're doing, you know, sparring, um, you know, live grappling rounds, situational grappling rounds, you know. Uh, so it's great. Training's going great. I'm very excited to be this well in shape, weight, diet, everything is just kind of falling into place. Excited to go out there and get the game plan, start watching fight films of um, Stephen Carr of France and just game plan on what we're going to do on December 11th. So everything is falling into place. Next topic is the Browns. Uh, man, they lost a uh, heartbreaking close, close football game this Sunday. I was actually flying home in between, you know, we had a connecting flights, and I was trying to find the pet relief for Legion. You know, I got Kai Potty trained. Trying to find <laughs> the family bathrooms for him. So I'm running all up and down. I think I was in St. Louis was our layover this time. And finally found the, the pet relief. Legion went. Kai had to go. We were getting ready to board. I had to check the stroller, you know, all this stuff. So I get in there, I finally find the family boarding, or the family, uh, you know, restrooms. Yep. Kai doesn't have to go. He's like, I don't have to go. I'm like, oh. So I'm right. We get there. I'm like, all right, we'll, we'll go. You know, we're, we're A group. So get in, get down to the runway, 
take the stroller, set it down, get Legion in his seat, Kai in his seat, we're all good. I'm like, ah, oh, I feel like I'm forgetting something. I was like, ah, oh. I was like, oh shoot, I said to talk to the stewardess, like, ah, I forgot my bag on the runway. And people are bored in, we were, you know, so we were, she's like, wait, we'll, we'll go and check it out, we'll, we'll grab it. I'm like, oh, I have my wallet, a passport, oh, no. other stuff, you know, money in there, Kai snacks. So I'm like, oh, we have a four hour flight, you know, a little over a four hour flight back to Sacramento. So I'm like, oh, this is not good. So I'm like, oh, I'm just gonna get Kai, take Legion. She's like, oh, you can't get off the plane. I'm like, listen, lady, like, I don't, if it's not there, then I left it somewhere and I'm trying to rethink where I left yeah. it at. She's like, we'll have someone go get it. I'm like, I think I left it in the family bathroom. She's like, oh. And some lady came on and said that there was an announcement over TSA that there was a bag that was, you know, left. And I'm like, okay, hopefully. So I'm sitting there. It's like, and I'm just sitting there scrolling on Instagram and, a lady found it, messaged nice. me on Instagram that she oh, found wow. it turned on TSA. So, That's shout awesome. yeah, that was great. So I was like, man, what a great trip! How to be ruined just by losing the bag? Like yeah. I just was like, I was gonna get my dog, get Kai, jump off the plane, the buy flight. another flight because I was like, I don't want to go through the headache of losing the passport, losing the ID, doing all the credit card bullshit, like, and just having to get on that back. I was like, listen, lady, I would, I would get another flight. I am not losing my, you know, I'd rather take a chance of getting it. And is buying a new flight. It all worked out. Yeah, got the it was bag. Great travel, great trip. Very thankful to go see the family right before you know flight camp, see the business, be able to train with my uncle. And I was running through the airport, you know, like a chicken with his head cut off, trying to find different you know relief areas for the dog and Kai. Try to watch the Browns game, keeping up with that. Uh, so what a entertaining seventy two hours it was. But you know, came right back to to work and. Right back to the program. Here we are in, in studio, in studio for the No Love TV episode four. So it's been a it's been a great week so far. Hump day, middle of the week. I got my best friend AJ Materna coming in tomorrow. We've been best friends I say since the first grade. He grew nice. up, you know, football, wrestling, box with me. Did some MMA fights as well. Um, so he works in a union. Had you know, took six weeks off. Been training, you know, through his through his work. Um, he's gonna do some some pro boxing matches uh, coming up, so he's coming out for a few days of training. I'm excited to show him Sacramento. The, you know, been out for eight years now. This is his first trip out, so wow. excited to see him and uh, get some training in with him. Like I said we go way back, so I pick him up tomorrow. Uh, that's kind of like my week's looking like. That's pretty cool. So you get to jump him into a, a pro MMA gym. You get to walk around and see these guys. Is he a, yeah. is he a fan of the sport? Does that get him fired up? Oh yeah, definitely. He's been. We've all been. I would say since the beginning, him and my uncle and myself and, and him, he used to spar. So he's always fought like heavyweight, like mm, light heavyweight, well, heavyweight. So no, we're like, he's a big guy. Yeah, we were always sparring each other. There's like some uh, content on YouTube when I was like, I think we were teenagers sparring each other, you know. So he always fought, but he always fought up because um, he just didn't, you know. He would he would fight whenever, you know, my uncle got him a fight or whatever weight it was. He's one of those yeah. guys like, oh, I'm fighting next weekend, okay, cool, like. Do a couple bag work, sparring work the week of to go, go fight. Yeah, he just was one of those guys that was always is, yeah, I'll go down and fight. Um, so just a tough dude. Um, you know, he was a quarterback for us in high school, a wrestling team. Um, it's a good dude. So I'm excited for him to come out and, and see what a world class gym is like, and to see how just a lifestyle of like yeah. being around so many professional athletes that you know hone their skills daily. And just what they, you know, the consistency that have um, of fighting in here. And that's what I fell in love with when I first came out here, was just seeing that, how the team meshed, how the practices were ran, how they flew together. Um, sorry, how they flowed together yeah. on, you know, 
punches, the takedowns, working yourself back up, like just a high level room in here and just uh, the structure. So I'm um, excited for him to see that. Nice, nice. What, what about Uncle Stingray? I saw him uh, on your social story and then Uriah reposted it. Chris was talking about it. He said, I, Uriah, I want some more Team Alpha Male, sh- or Alpha Male shirts. Yeah, he didn't even know what he had on. He's like, I need, oh, some shirts. Yeah. Yeah. What's the joke around that, or what, what was that about? Oh, he's just, Bob's always trying to get some, some free shit. <laughs> we used to always go to the amateur boxing matches, and Bob would come with his gas receipt. I need my gas, the promoter. He's like, I need my gas money. I need my gas money. First thing. First thing he would ask, I need my gas money. Uh, you know, we we traveling all up the, the East Coast and, and the Midwest, you know, fighting. Bob would always come give us his gas receipts. Yeah, yeah I need my gas receipts. Hey, okay. uh, he's a character. First thing he says, come in. You know, I, you know, obviously I compensate him for, you know, coming in and training with me and make sure that he shows up for one. <laughs> and so we come in the gym and he has, you know, these other fighters that he's, he brought in. I'm just come, come to train with him, right? Um, he's like, let's go to, you know, the Pittsburgh. I'm like, or to this other gym. It's like literally like a six-hour round trip. Like yeah. almost three yeah. hours there, train for an hour to drive back three hours I'm like Bob like, I'm, I'm only here for 72 hours I'm not driving all the way there but these guys want to come here they come here I came to work with you um, you know so it's always it's something like that so I had to show up worked out it was a great workout me and him have just great chemistry we can not hit pads for a year six months yeah. and we just pick up where we left off and uh, it's great to have him He's, he gets me firing off cylinders with my hands my feet and my speed there's no no other trainer I feel like that can get me um, as snappy as my punches and speed and power, but to be so well balanced. Uh, so it's always great working with him. He'll be back in the camp, this this fight camp for me, especially when I'll be in Jersey. Yeah. It's a seven-hour drive, a sh- really sh- hour flight um, from Ohio to Jersey, so I'll be bringing him in. I'll be going to Ohio on the weekends as well. Um, so it was great to work with him, but it's always just it's always one of those things, man, you're going to show up. You know, I messaged him. And my other buddy that tr- started training, he's a heavyweight fighter. He's like, man, I saw Bob at the, you know, I talked to Bob last night. And so I showed up. I'm like, oh, cool, yeah, you can come in, work out. We'll do some bag work after, show you some things. A good kid named Cody Gamble, um, getting his feet wet in the sport. Because so I told Bob that I had, a, you know, I had a haircut. And I show up to the barber shop, and Bob's truck was there. And he goes, dude, I was so pissed. He took my he, he took my uh, haircut position. He goes, I'm my best, I have my weddings, my buddy's we- you know, wedding tomorrow. I'm the best man yeah. in the wedding. So Bob took his appointment. And he's like, yeah, I was like, dude, that's the shit that Bob does. But uh, yeah, getting his Bob. haircut, coming there, getting great training in. It was a great weekend. Uh, picked it up where I left off, and now we're back here in the middle of the week and uh, just grinding, man, staying ready, staying healthy, and just getting ready to, you know, basically just counting the weeks down until I'm in camp. Right. Last thing on Bob, I got to bring up because I was so I was curious. I was talking to Chris the other day, and he goes, he says. He said Bob and Danny Castillo, they just cannot stop. <clears throat> what does that mean, they can't stop? Their banter back and forth. And I know Chris wants to talk about it on Rolling with the Homies, so we won't go too oh. deep, but he wants to talk about a story about Bob. But I was curious about what does he mean? Him and Danny, just what? They just go at it? I it just, yeah. It's like them two are just always fucking with each other. <laughs> okay. Listen, uh, no matter what, there's either Danny's kicking Bob and just, and then they just, I don't know, they're always just at each other, like just. I always pair him up during fight week. They have to stay with each other in the days. Like, man, I'm not, I'm not staying with Bob, man. He's like walking, you know, trying to, you know, do other things. He has, you know, some friends coming in. He's, he's just, man, it's just fight week. I'm like, sometimes you have to, like, I put Danny with Bob. So Bob is on time. He's responsible. He's there because, because Danny's responsible. He'll be there. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, Daniel yeah. go out and have fun and, and do his thing. But 
he'll make sure he's there you know like yeah. he'll definitely be there showing up bob on the other hand um sometimes you don't know like one of my fights for i fought to cam Izagaki, so this was like you know basically i win this fight i'm i'm fighting for the title next yeah so i flew you know flew, had a flight for bob he missed the flight so i said bob why don't you just stay at the airport and get the next flight out and he's like i got sick what the hell do you mean you got sick? So like, I was sick, so I drove back home. I got a flight tomorrow. I'm like, Bob, please make it there. You know, I was like, because I have no, no one could go out with me that whole week. Oh, man. No one, so I had to end up calling Chad Mendez, getting him a flight and coming out just to train with me, but he couldn't do any of the UFC on-site stuff or workouts because he was in his suspension from Misada. Ah, uh, okay. So I was like, Bob, I need you to come out. The first the first um, day I went and trained with Giff and uh, the Shapiro brothers, uh, and so they 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 came and helped me out, and then, then Bob was like, couldn't get a hold of him, couldn't get a hold of him uh, for the flight. The next day, they already missed the flight, and then I didn't talk to him. So I was like, you know, I'm not even gonna waste energy on trying to like call him or talk to him. I was a little upset with him, and uh, you know, the week presents. I end up knocking Takei out in 48 seconds. It's like, dude, I'm not gonna hold a grudge. Like it is what it is. Like I would love to have Bob here. Could have been, could have been a worse. You know, it, we made it work out. You know, teammates and friends helped out the week. So I gave him a call after the fight or text him, and then he called me. And I said, man, and I said, the first thing he said, I said, man, why did you not make that flight? Why didn't it come? He's like, I got sick. And I was, he's like, hey, it doesn't matter. He goes, well, Cody, he goes, I knew you were going to do that. I was like, he said, I knew you were going to knock him out. Said, that was the thing. He's like, why did it have to go? I knew you were going to knock him out. I'm like, bro, I need you in my corner just for the week. Yeah. So that's the shit that, uh, yeah. So now we make sure my mom always, you know, calls like, hey, if you're bringing Bob out or, yeah, fly him out for camps or, you know, need in there. So mom's like, I'll pick him up, take him to the airport to make Gosh. sure they got there. So, like, yeah, it's just, just classic Bob shit. Classic Love Bob. him to death, though. I like that. Mom coming in clutch. Don't always, worry. I got always. Always. <laughs> All right, let's move on, Cody. Next topic I want to bring up. This showed up in some MMA media lately. Uh, Dr. Mateo, who you're working with, had some interviews with MMAfighting.com, and he's talking about how he has you on a great regimen, you're watching your food every week, your carbohydrates, and he thinks he's going to have you fully rehydrated within 30 hours, at that, which is crucial for that 125-pound flyweight, right? So talk a little bit about what it's like uh, working with them. You talk to them every week, every day, the food. What's it been like? I feel like Dr. Mateo and I, you know, we speak pretty often during the week, probably, you know, every day or every couple of days. Mm. Um, you know, he's working with, together on a collaboration with Brian and Shannon, they're cooking my meals, so he's doing, you know, giving them meals, measurements, protein, you know, fats, carbohydrates um, to put into my meals. And it's been going great so far. I think I'm on it for a little over three weeks now, almost, you know, over three yeah. weeks. Um, I'm waking up. 145 feeling great like so i'm getting down to like 143 142 during the day of trainings when i have two or three you know trainings uh, i feel great energy feels good um i would see the biggest you know effect or result would be my sleep i feel better you know and my mental clarity i feel mm. like the the foods that i'm putting in my body my body's re adapting really well to them and use them as you know energy expenditure um but just, just all in all, like I've always ate clean, you know, for a fight or in camp. Like I've always, you know, wanted to do that. I'm not out and eating, you know, fatty crap stuff or sh a lot of sugar. Um, I'm just not not what fuels my body. You know, don't, don't get me wrong. I like a Twix here and there, yeah, yeah, or yeah, Pop Tart. Yeah. You know, 
little strawberry pop tart put in a toaster. Is there anything you give you that they give you to eat and you're like, God, this tastes like shit? So there's, yeah, I mean, a lot of this stuff. I mean, I'm eating like two or three salads a day. So it's like, man, after a while, you're just like fucking yeah. lunching on salads. Um, I honestly, the first time that I tried this beet, gazpacho. Gazpacho. It's like a soup, like a beet soup. Oh, okay. And it's like chunky and it has like, I forget what's all in it, but. Um, at first, it was like I was eating it with a spoon, like just bite after bite. And it was a nice, nice, you know, quantity of soup. Yeah. After the second one, I was like, freak this, and just started gulping it. Like, so I'm doing a lot of beets. Um, like, each day is a different food, but it's the same throughout. You know, like I'm today's, like, you know, depends on, I tell my training schedule here is I'm training, and this is kind of how the food, food works. Um, so, yeah, it's going great. I'm, you know, I've never really done this you know this kind of style of you know refueling eating and I, f- I feel great I think a lot of the methods that Dr. Mateo has and we speak on is only going to um, help my performance you know inside the octagon that's when it counts so uh, excited to see my body perform at 125 pounds that's awesome love it alright let's move on from your diet Mateo let's talk about your predictions, which are, since we shoot these podcasts a week ahead, um, you gave your predictions last week, and you actually called Vitor Belfort and Evander Holyfield getting the KO win. So you were actually correct on both fights. But even though you're correct, it was it was very sad to see to yeah. me. I know a lot of fans kind of felt that, that same way. Not so much on Tito, but to see a <laughs> – sorry, Tito. I mean, yeah. like you too, but to see Evander go like that. So – the fights happen, a lot of drama. Um, so you, your audience, your fans, will see your breakdown of that fight actually Friday at our podcast release. Uh, this one will come out the following week and see your reaction. So talk a little bit first. Let's talk about that co-main, Anderson Silva versus Tito Ortiz. Like I said, Anderson Silva is you know a dynamic striker. And he's known for his striking abilities inside the you know octagon. He just fought you know Chavez Jr. Beat him. Looked great in boxing. He also made Tito cut to 200 pounds, you know. So he's Tito's never, you know, he's fought at 205 light heavyweight. So those extra weights, Tito's never been in a boxing match um, before, never boxed before. It's different range, timing, the gloves, everything. Um, yeah, I just was, you know, caught him with that duck right. I mean, the way that Tito was, you know, throwing those hooks, he kept yeah. raising up, you know. And you got bigger gloves, you kind of shell up a little bit and, and take some and just. And that's what he did. He just counted right over that left hook, you know, let up, had him in the corner, and, you know, Tito was just kind of throwing those left hooks with nothing really on him, no speed, no power, no pop, and it was raising up each time. You know, if you look at it, boom, boom, and his chin was coming up, and, you know, Anderson just ducked and kind of threw the right. He didn't even hit him with the, the knuckles, hit him kind of with his palm, but enough to, to stun him, you know. To, yeah. It definitely knocked his equilibrium out, and then the follow-up left hooks after were just brutal, and, you know, to see him get KO'd like that, um, Man, it just I, I I thought that it would be a little bit um longer of a fight, he'd be outboxing, mm. but like I said, Tito's no punk. Like Tito's comes to fight, you know what I mean? He was right up in the in, in the face. I know it was a you know, first round, you know, KO, but Tito was coming, he was gonna come to fight and do his best. And I saw a little interview with Tito um after, I think it was in like an elevator after the fight or wherever it was and just, you know, talking about, you know, it happens, you know, it was his first boxing match, cutting the weight you know, short amount of time, you know, to train for a boxing match. Like, I just didn't think that 
I thought the cards were against Tito going into the fight. Oh, yeah. Short notice, never boxed before. As to Anderson Silva's coming off a big win over Chavez Jr. Yeah, so that that was my prediction and called it. Knew that was going to happen. You know, hopefully Tito is, is good. He bounces back. Anderson Silva, you know, love to see him, you know. Let's do the Jake Paul. Uh, you know, Jake Paul, Logan Paul, someone. Um, that'd be good. There, there's so many different opportunities. But then, you know, you go to the main event. Yep. Vitor and Evander Holyfield also called that. You know, I called that. I said that just one of those things that it's different striking. Like I said, we spoke about it the last podcast. MMA strikers are not really finesse per se. There's a lot of, you know, the, but the the way the angles of the punches and the little gloves, big gloves, it's, it's different from a boxer that's been used to seeing calculated strikes coming at him. Right. You know, and also Evander probably hasn't been hit or sparred and you have to condition your body that's why you have fight camp that's why you spar you know that's why you spar in camp to get your body conditioned to hit and you know as the more that you go and do something that kind of just you know strengthens yourself in there like you get cold clocked you know a lot of people go out there and fight that's why they get hit with the first punch in a fight they get cold clocked knocked out because their body wasn't used to getting woken up or hit a little bit before the fight and I think that's what it was you know just the pressure that Vitor brought and Evander just was like, oh shit, like I'm in, the, I'm in this fight, and I can't really, you know, shake the cobwebs off, or you know, getting your body ready for that. Also, you know, he's he's older. You know, his last few fights, you know, didn't go the way they should have went. I think he stayed in the sport a little bit too long. But you know, that that was tough to see. I mean, I'm a huge Vitor fan. I'm a huge Evander Holyfield fan. Um, now it brings up Vitor calling out Jake. Yeah, that that's gonna be huge. In in real quick on your uh, your call, you know about the angles and how Vitor has like the side stance and he comes looping. Uh, it was a great call because the commentators were saying, "Hey, I think because he has these looping hooks, he can't see that left. It's a different style than a boxer." And it, it reminded me what you're saying, boxer versus MMA. Even though he's a boxer, he's an MMA guy, but he's in the boxing ring, so that yeah, he's not throwing a straight right, just precision. He's kind of looping it. It's like a half overhand, half straight. I think it confused Holyfield and just couldn't see the punches coming. Yeah, for sure. I, I remember, you know, I did a lot of amateur boxing. And then I would go and do, you know, I was fighting at a higher level amateur boxing. I was fighting a lot of guys that were active that had, you know, 30 mm -hmm. to 40 to 50, you know, 60-plus fights. You know, I was fighting the open division ever since I had my first boxing match. And then I would go to MMA where you're fighting guys that have three, four, five, six amateur fights. And it was completely different. The setup, some of them were, you know, the feints. They weren't biting out the feints because it's just they're not as calculated yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or structured to to be that kind of you know style fighter. I've always been trained to be a, a pro style fighter. Um, so I just noticed, like from me at that level, that it was the difference it w was from the high level amateur fighters to going to like the amateur MMA fighters. It was completely different. Um, timing, range, speed. Yeah. The angles of the punches, you know, that's why we have the uh, the number system that we work with my Uncle Bob and, and the checks, mm. you know, because we were doing, you know, short checks when they're coming in, high checks when they're, you know, in tight, you know, or, or looping looping shots, you know, you kind of like meet them. You know, looping shots, you want to meet them. When they're in tight, you kind of want to kind of shell up. Okay. Um, so the checks are huge. And I, I just figured that was going to happen. Um, it's just a different different range in there. You know, and especially have a young Vitor or younger Vitor Belfort that's probably healed up, you know, doesn't have to train as sure. much. You have to endure 
as much physical demand on your body as boxing. I'm not saying that boxing is not physically demanding. It, it, it really is. But if you're comparing it to MMA, MMA is just you have to have so many different cardiovascular systems. Wrestling's a different cardiovascular. Boxing, kickboxing. Now you're blending all that shit together to where you're doing all the ups, downs, the punches, the takedowns, defending the shot. Okay, now we got to take, now we got to scramble up and do a scramble, get out, fight out of submissions. Um, so yeah, like I think the ultimate, it's, you know, it's ultimate fighting championships for a reason because it's ultimate. You're doing everything. It's ultimate, yeah. ultimate, ultimate in there. But uh, so yeah, he probably came in just, you know, finally just healthy and just had to worry on one disciplinary. It was boxing. Yeah, no, he he did good. And like <coughs> you mentioned, now it's the call out. The Triller promoters came up to the the ring after and said, Jake Paul, where you at? Vitor, we've got twenty five million to the winner only. Twenty five mil winner takes all. And they're getting so hyped up in there that the promoter actually said, We'll bump it to thirty. Thirty mil to the winner. So now Vitor's calling out Jake Paul all week. He's trying to take interviews, trying nice. to call him out any way he can. Jake has not given a real big response to it. He said if they put the thirty million in escrow and he sees it in the account, then he'll think about accepting the fight. <laughs> But he just today called out Jorge Masvidal, who he wants to fight that. Oh next. gosh! <laughs> so. Oh man! Um. He said that's his official fight, but Jorge has two fights on his contract, so Dana would have to give Dana do that. Let him, let let him, him go. go. Let him. Let him. Let him go. Get pieced up by Jorge. You know, Jorge's no punk. Vander. You know, um, Vitor's no punk. I, I just think that's a lot for him to chew off. And I did see. I hate when people try to minimize. You know other people's wins like he said he had like a dislocated elbow or something i don't know if you saw that interview oh yeah he said something about his elbow but bro like take your win you like we're giving you some praise you know well he's been gun shy his last few fights very tentative you know same shit hit you with the right hands had you in the ropes you know yeah. didn't jump on it didn't capitalize on it but um you know you won the fight you outboxed him you know now you but now you're trying to minimize you you know his your win because you said that it was you know your performance could be better. Just yeah. take it as it is, go on. But yeah, this Vitor, uh, I don't know. What would you rather see, Jorge or Vitor? Probably Jorge because I think the build up and the press conference and shit talking would be next level and be funny. Vitor's you know he's got that language barrier. He's not as funny as Jorge and Jake would be. But if Triller's the promotion behind Vitor put up that, that's big money. And that'd be, I, I would like both of them. Yeah, I'm, you know, either or, I'm, I'm fine with. Uh, hopefully, if, if Dana will let that happen, um, I don't see why he wouldn't. You know, uh, could could make the UFC look bad if he, these MMA fighters keep getting beat. Ben Askren, Woodley, then Jorge next. There's no way. I've seen Jorge striking is is great. He's a great striker. You know, he's. He'd by far be the best fighter that stand-up fighter that Jake's ever seen. Um, we'll see though. Like I said, he he did well against Woodley, but like I said, Woodley's been super tentative his last fight, few fights. Um, you know, either or Vitor fights him. I mean, thirty million. Come on, I mean, that's hard to turn down, Jake. I know. Thirty million in escrow. They said it like. They have a contract, like you know. Then if they don't pay you, then you sue their ass, you know. Yeah, no, I think they would. Triller's got a lot of money right yep, now. Yeah, definitely. So. Uh, either or, let's make the, let's make those fights happen. Triller, or Thriller, Triller. <laughs> thriller, 
Love it. All right, let's move on. Next topic, I'm not sure if you saw the drama. Conor McGregor gets into it with Machine Gun Kelly when he's with Megan Fox. So we don't know the full story. You know, what I told you is that he asked Megan Fox for a picture. MGK said no, or he said nah. And then Conor throws his drink at him, throws a punch. That's pretty far off. So a lot of drama. Conor's already over it. But what's your reaction when you see this in the news and this kind of back and forth? Yeah, I saw it a little bit, you know, on, on social media um, over the weekend. You know, anything that Conor does, especially at a huge event like that, um, with another, you know, superstar, MGK, Megan Fox. Yep. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know the backstory where some um, media outlet saying that he didn't ask for a picture. Like, what, what sparked this, you know, altercation between them? You know, like Conor McGregor says, he's not a he's not a celebrity. He's a fucking fighter. You know, like he's not gonna take light to if MGK did say something to him, um, you know, or, or that. Like he doesn't care if he's at this kind of event or it was the VMAs. Um, he's gonna yeah. be, be. I mean, I'm the kind of the same way. Like if someone's, you know, I don't care if there's cameras on or not. We're backstage. Like we're gonna have an issue. We're gonna we're gonna solve it either like gentlemen or we can we can fight. Like kind of that's that's how I am. But. Um, I don't know what sparked it, you know, I, only MGK and Connor went, like I said, Connor's already spoken on, like, you know, I don't even know who MGK is, I, I doubt, I highly yeah, disbelieve that, yeah. you know, I mean, he's trying to, try to not speak on it, and invites them both to their, his next fights, um, and then I think MGK just like a little video of him just laughing, you know, yeah. so I mean, it is what it is, it's, we'll see. Not too big of a deal, but uh, one to one thing I'll say on this topic is Megan Fox was looking very, very good last night. My God, that was shout to MGK such... for getting that. Man. Look at you, man! You're winning at life, even if you almost got blitzed by the left hand. <laughs> he was about to get rocked, right. but yeah, I got to give it to Connor. He's ready. Any sign of disrespect, <laughs> he's ready. He's ready to go. Hey, even that leg, but that leg, man, it, it held up, right? Like he was trying to. He was now. He don't. He don't care. He got one leg. He, he was ready. All right, we'll jump on from that topic. MGK is gonna be all right. He survived uh, the wrath of Connor. The last one here we got. A lot of big news right now in the MMA space is there's a transgender fighter who's former Marine, Special Forces, trans transitioned in 2016, was done 2018, and, and now is fighting in a woman's MMA promotion. So the big question is, should this be allowed? Should this not be allowed? You know, right now it's a fine line, and because on paper she is now a woman, or he is now a, wom a woman, that is, they're allowing it. Um, you know, a lot of people, Sean Strickland, Brendan Schaub, Joe Rogan, are just so against this, and they're being very vocal in the media. So what's your initial thoughts when you see this, and then we'll dig in a little deeper? For me, personally, like, listen, if you want to transition, you know, if you feel like that's going to make you whole or happy or that's who you truly are, then all means to go ahead and do that but you're in a sport that the MMA where you're trying to literally possibly kill someone so your genetic makeup your bone structure your your strength are already levels above a female would be sorry yeah. a female would be so that's you know we've had this in the past with the Fallon Fox you know she was the yeah. first transgender that you know transitioning to being a female and, and, and fought in MMA. I'm just like, 
it's tough. I mean, I'm I'm totally against it. I don't think that that, that should be allowed. Um, you know, it's not like it's weightlifting or it's you know a lot of these sports are allowing it, but this is like a a very controversial thing that's going on. Like I said, if you want to transition into being you know male to to female or vice versa, like go ahead. But you're in a sport where you're going out there and like doing bodily damage. Like it's just, I just don't think that's fair. I don't think it should happen. Um, shame on the promotion as well for letting it happen. You know. Um, but like I said it's happened. It's happened before. As Legion, <laughs> Legion's having a dream. He's having a dream sprawled out. We're but here. Um, we hear you, buddy. But ah, man, it's just it's such a tough topic to even and speak on. Just the the day and age that we're in. You know, with, with everything, um, the movements and stuff. But this is, I I stand behind when I say like this is should not be allowed. Yeah, it was hard. I watched the highlights of the fight and to watch. I didn't uh, get to watch the fight. Did she? Get, Elena throw these overhand rights that were landing, landing, uh, and she actually, the other girl was fighting back, landing some shots, and then Elena ended up getting the uh, rear naked choke on the ground. But there was obviously a power difference, broad shoulders, there's natural things that guys are born with that girls aren't, so it's, it's an unfair advantage. So Cody, what's your opinion? Do you think this promotion will pull back on allowing this and eventually cut this fight over the next few weeks, or this is bringing them a ton of PR. Do they keep it and lead the way in this industry by being one of the first promotions to have a transgender athlete? Hey, you know, in the past we talked about, you know, Fallon Fox, she was she was at some promotions yeah. that, you know, let that happen. I mean, what what promotion is this? Combate? That's uh, what it looks see. like, right? Let's pull it up. Yeah, it looks like Combate yeah, Global. There she is in the pink. Okay, we're watching the playback video right oh, now. Oh, wow. Jesus. Chucking and ducking. Ooh. Oh, my gosh. <sighs> Look at that. Well, I mean, it's definitely a power difference. Right now she's throwing some overhand rights. She just picked her up, dropped her. Now this is where she gets the rear naked choke finished. She wins. Right there, she just went. Yeah, she was. Oh, oh, she got almost got dropped by the chick though. Oh, she did at one point. See, it was a oh, good she fight. was getting rocked a little bit. Okay. She she almost, those, see those overhand rights started coming. So we won't show too much, but yeah, wow. Um, so final thoughts is that they should cut her or they should keep her. What are your thoughts, Cody? Oh my gosh. What if you have just like a transgender league? That, that's a good idea, but there's probably there's not enough. I mean, you would make one. Oh, maybe then everyone who's interested in fighting. There's probably a lot of transgender who want to fight, but they, they should fight don't each other. put themselves out there. So maybe they all fight each other. That's a good idea. Like, oh, I'm just like, hey, like, we're transgender. We want to fight. Like, let's fight, let's fight each other. That, that's not fair. Yeah, maybe it's the transgender fighting championships. I'm for TFC. it. I'd go and watch. Hey. Pay per view it. All right, there you have it. TFC, we'll see what happens. TFC, TFC. All right, let's go ahead and wrap it up here, Cody. 
All right, guys, thanks so much for watching No Love TV, another episode. We are excited and thankful to be bringing you these weekly. Um, next few episodes will be via Skype or Zoom. I'll be in Jersey, so we'll keep it going. Uh, guest interviews coming soon. We're going to call Chad, uh, get a hold of him, and get him in studio to talk about his upcoming you know, bare-knuckle fight, what he's got going on with his uh, fins and feather, his career, his dad life, other stuff coming up. Follow No Love TV on Instagram, YouTube. Subscribe to us. Thank you guys so much. Appreciate it.